0: This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So, folks, for those of you who are not aware, we have an election on Tuesday. I realize for some of you, it'll be like, really? What? We do have an election. So I am a firm believer. A quote I love all the time is, most people know just enough religion to make them miserable. So one of my goals is that I think religion also should have this fun element to it. So I have this this wonderful election video that I want to show you folks. It will bring a smile. It's a wife explaining why you must vote for her husband. So we're going to start out just with a little smile with this election video. Go ahead and play it.
1: We've got room to put 2,700 people in our jail, and it costs us about $103 a day. Gerald really doesn't have any hobbies. Last year's tax rate was .4169. This year, we could take that down to 3.838. So is he always like that? Yeah, all the time. Which means that the 3838 is probably going to go somewhere between 3838 and 41.69. Most people leave their work at the office. We got three light rail cars. You can put 60 people on each car. So even if you add two cars, you're talking about maybe 300 people that are affected. There are a million people in this community. I mean, that is .01 to the eighth power. If you round it off, it's zero. All he wants to do is fix things. So I got this 18-wheeler that's parked in this neighborhood, few fumes all over the place, but quite frankly, it's not a code violation. You know, I think I like helping around the house here. Please re-elect Gerald. Please.
0: <laughs> that, is my, that is my election commentary right there. So, you know, welcome to this series. It's really going to be a great series as we look at the Thankful Project, building towards Thanksgiving. Because, you know, I, I want to come from this angle. You're going to hear me say this a number of times, a number of different ways. Each of us has an inner self. You're going to see a slide here. We're going to talk about it. That inner self actually is nothing but mutual love. At its deepest core. It's God with us. Gratitude, the Thankful Project, it was, is what helps us reach into that place. The challenge is, many of you, and I know for myself, I have hired several really bad commentators that live in my head. Always chattering about this, that, and the other thing. I know no easier way to get back to who I think God really wants me to be than gratitude. So that's what we're going to be looking at this series. Now we're going to be looking at it in three ways. The Thankful Project this week is, what is the unique opportunity this moment this moment, even think of today. Like, like just for a moment, clear your head. Like, all right, here I am sitting in New Church Live. You may be a first-time attendee, scared to death. You may be somebody who's been here a hundred times, and you're like, I hope Chuck doesn't bore me. I, whatever it is. Like, like just for a moment, just like, yeah, just think. What is, what is the gift that this moment, the unique opportunity, the gift this moment wishes to give me today? Listen from love for it. That's what we're going to be talking about. I think with this whole thankfulness project, What it is, gratitude is so much about learning how to come from love. Not in a way that's sort of all rainbows and unicorns, but in a way that actually has incredibly deep meaning out there into the world, that actually somehow matters, that can change lives, where where our faith gets grafted onto those deep loves that are inside of us. As we do that, it's really important to understand that, that there are many, many different views of God. Like, if you read through the Old Testament, you'll read stories where God comes across as a mean, vengeful warrior, where or comes across as somehow uh, cruel or capricious, and then these other statements. And And I think, you know, understanding it from how New Church holds that, you know, there's an appearance that God's angry, but God's never actually angry. You know, God is nothing but love, and there can be an appearance that way. And even that appearance sometimes can, it can teach us stuff. Here's just an aside for you folks. I was, I was listening to a beautiful, beautiful talk given by a rabbi. And she was talking about how much she struggled with this idea of a warrior king God. She just, she hated it. And then you know what happened? She got cancer. And she got it. (laughs) She was like, I want that God. I need that God right now, that idea of a warrior God. So even the view of God can can change and morph according to to the state that our life is in. And it always comes back to this, that God is love. When we look at this beautiful line here from Isaiah, God, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. I'm going to have you say the, the forever word there when I get to it. His love endures. Let Israel say, his love endures. Let the house of Aaron say his love endures. And last, let those who fear the Lord, in other words, are afraid of of hurting anything good, who fear the Lord say his love endures. That piece of, of, yeah, you know, that's what it comes down to. An idea of God that's a very loving God. A love that is transformative. Not transactional. The way we would say this is this way. There is no adequate way to describe God except, I'm going to have you say the two sets of words there, describe God except in terms of pure love. Let's just start there for a minute. Just pure love. Strip away those ideas, strip away this idea, strip away that fear, strip away that anxiety, settle into the idea, God is pure love. And then the story even gets better. And so is Pure mercy. Pure mercy. Mercy in the Hebrew, and you've heard me say this before, it's a beautiful word. It actually means womb-like mother love. That kind of deep mercy towards the whole human race. That mercy is God's desire to save everyone, to make everyone happy forever, and to give us everything that he has. So we have this idea of God being just pure love and pure mercy. And and, and how does Christ fit in? Well, Christ is, you want to know how that looks? Look at the life of Christ. That's how it looks out there in the world. So we have a model. We have something we can focus in. So it doesn't remain just esoteric. It actually has real world meaning in terms of how we interrelate to people, specifically those who are suffering and struggling, which would include ourselves. Then the story gets really good too. See, as I said at the beginning... The inner self is simply mutual love. Is simply mutual love. We have to really see ourselves that way, that it, that it all starts, like, too much of the time, we start with the idea of, of like, uh, original sin. Well, there's a whole three more chapters before that. For those of you who are aware of the book of Genesis, which isn't everybody, but if you're a Bible geek, you are. It starts with original blessing. Original Blessing original blessing. Baby faith is here for the first time today, literally baby faith. As you see baby faith, you see any of the children around here, like, like we get that, that there really is this original blessing. Yes, there are sleepless nights. Yes, there are nights as teenagers where you're wondering, why did we do this? But, but, but there's still that original blessing, that mutual love right there, right there. That we get to experience again, again. I mean, that, folks, that is such incredibly good news. And that's where we have to learn to come from that place, that, that, that inner place. Now, what I want to do is, is I want to ask for four volunteers here, because I want to talk about, like, we have this, and yet we have those commentators in our head, right? That probably some of you, I've hired at least four you may have hired more or less, I don't know, who give a lot of garbage in your head. What I would love, I would love four volunteers, adult volunteers, because you're going to ask, you'll be answering an adult question here. We're going to talk about like how this love works, and you're going to be volunteering by sitting up here. So could I have four people and as you come up, please be super, super careful that you don't fall off the edge of the stage. That's like my biggest fear at New Church Live, somebody falls off the stage. So could I have four people? You can just start, I can't see you folks, so I just have to trust of you will start moving up. All right, give them a round of applause, folks. Anyone works just fine. Surprise! This is really this is a surprise. Just so you know, Chris has been telling me he will never get up on stage, and here he is. So, (laughs) all good, all good, all good, all good, all good, all good, all good. good. So, this is you guys are set up perfectly. So, you know, it's it's an interesting question, right? So, so we know that we're mutual love, right? We know that that's our core. That's God with us. We also know that there's all this static. If you're a heart surgeon, think of it as bad cholesterol. Think of it as the bad commentators. So we have to be able to look at that and be like, okay, so I have this. Well, let's look at this question here. How do we know when love has left the listening? Like, how do we know? So we're in a conversation with someone. We're either hearing or speaking, either of the two. And how do we know when love has actually left the conversation? I'm going to pass around the microphone to these four people and allow them to each answer that question. All right? Chris, you ready? All right. I guess I know when I fade out, I don't really listen. I'm somewhere else. Yeah. And I have to all of a sudden go, oh, yeah. That's it. Come on back. Fade out. How many of us fade out on occasion? That's good.
1: I think it's when I realize that that's pretty stupid, what I'm hearing.
0: (laughs) That's that's, that's good.
1: When there's attitude in uh, our voices. Yeah, attitude.
0: My wife and I, we make this little joke like, um, you're toning me. How many of us have been toned here in the audience? You know, it doesn't matter what you say. It's like, I've been toned. I've been toned. We know that, right? That's where you know love has left the conversation.
1: Oh, holy cow, what am
0: I going to say? I have nothing to say. What, why is this person going on and on? What are you? What, what is this in my face for? Exactly. This is good. So what is this in my face for? Why is this person going on and on? And ready? You're saying, why is this person going on and on? Why is this in my face? And you're smiling the whole way through it. Right? But you know love's left the conversation. You know, like there, you know, it's like nobody's there. Nobody's there. So now let's flip it. We're not going to put this question up, but let's flip it. How do we know when love is in the conversation? Now, to get you folks ready for this one, I want you to turn your chairs in towards each other. Excellent. So how do we know when love has entered the conversation? When I'm not thinking about me, but thinking about you. That's it. So, so first off, we're no longer, it's no longer about us. It's about this, this other person. We're no longer worried about being interesting. We're more concerned about being interested. Next one.
1: I think it's when I'm trying to figure out how could you put that into practice or how does that apply or, Great. you know, you're engaging with it.
0: Great. So there's this. So so Bergen's talking about like this desire to engage. It's like I'm I'm having this conversation with someone and and I'm communicating things and we're thinking about like how does it look? What does it look like? I mean that's one of most when I when I do weddings, you know, one of the real powerful conversations to get into is what does support look like? You want a little communication hint? You know, really ask your spouse, your loved one, whoever. Ask your kids. Honey, what does support look like? That points it right down to what you're talking about. Thank you. Next
1: one. Uh, When you're speaking to each other using eye contact and really absorbing what the person is saying and feeling what they're feeling.
0: That's it. Eye contact is consistently an important one. You can go and pass it there. You know, eye contact, body contact, like you've heard the statistics over and over again, like people really know this is a real important one just with body language. This is just, and this is something all of us know. Guys tend to experience intimacy shoulder to shoulder. That's why guys can watch baseball, say three sentences, feel like they had the best time of their life. Women, it tends to be face to face. And that's, again, like that can be one where, where one person's thinking it's this way, the other person's thinking it this way, and they're feeling not listened to. But if you want love to enter the conversation, think about how your partner experiences that. Next one.
1: I am looking into your eyes and I can see what you're, fe- what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I'm starting to feel it
0: in me. I can Great. feel what you're talking about as if it's part of my experience. That's so good. And that, that, you know, it's so well put, right? Where we start to actually pull it in. And then, and then that's why I love the term full body listening. You know, can we listen literally to that point where, where we are walking in their shoes? Again, that, that's empathy. It it's, it's, doesn't mean that they, they may have a story that you can't resonate with or maybe you don't agree with, but it doesn't matter. Can you really hear it at that level? You see, folks, that's where mutual love starts to talk to each other versus a bunch of set of different commentators <laughs> having the conversation. The commentators, those bad commentators are put aside. What comes forward is this mutual love. And see, see, listen, folks, everybody has it. Do you get it? Like, I think that's so cool. Like, everybody has it. Can we listen for it? That's the question. Please give these folks a round of applause as they very carefully get off the stage. That was good. So as as, we, as the band comes out, folks... I want you just to note, like even with those two sets of conversations you know the biggest difference is that the energy is just different the energy shifts and it's a much much better energy and that starts to enable us to get to that place of gratitude that's clearly part of the thankful project not part of the complaint project that's what we gotta practice that's what we gotta move to and when we come back after this song, I want to give you a real simple way to think about it using some yarn. So we, so we can think, yeah, maybe this is the way I can start to act into that. Into that promise, into that connection. It right. well, as, as we look at this idea of mutual love, like, I want to just start with just a little aside. And this was one of those ones. that was again like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Like, as we get into this sharing here. Let me get this chair back here. As we get into this sharing... All right. And we're sharing, we're learning to share face to face and we're sharing, we're sharing in ways that are healthy. It's, it's interesting that, that it's about a mutual love that we share. <laughs> the, the, the aha is this for me. Like I used to read stuff like that and I thought, well, isn't that great? So you give me the list of the things you love and I'll give you the list of the things I love and then we'll love each other. Sort of, but that ends up being, for those of you who have toddlers, that ends up being parallel play. <laughs> that makes sense? You know, we're each going through our list. Like this is my favorite restaurant. This is my favorite restaurant, but there's not really communication there. See, and I think what this is driving at is that there is a mutual, there is a mutual love that we all share. This other thing, I can't put words to it. You know, sort of the words kind of disappear and that maybe means you're getting a little closer to it, but it sure is beautiful. It also directly relates to this. Like, like, Christ talks a lot about different sets of commandments. You have the Ten Commandments, you have the Two Commandments, uh, a bunch of different religions, different faiths, have different lists of things that you should do in your life. And Christ has this beautiful story where he says, look, I'm going to give you the, the Cliff Notes version. If he was, This is what he would have tweeted if he was looking for 140 characters, like, this is how to do it. He would have done the Two Great Commandments. Teacher, they're asking Christ this teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now again, that's important to read that. The first and greatest commandment, because God, I said two words. God is love and can we say that M word together? Love and mercy. love and mercy. So, so you have to see it that way. Don't see this as this punishing God who's demanding tribute. See, so this is God is all about love. All about mercy. God's like, yeah, you need to love that. You need to love that. That needs to be priority. And then he goes on to say this. And the second is like it. In other words, the second is similar. It's it's similar. And and these two, love of God, love of other people, they intertwine. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now, the part of this, folks, that that I think is so fascinating, it's so fun to kind of preach on is this. I get way cool. You know, it's easy, in my my mind, it's easy to kind of pull that up and think of it intellectually and and be like, okay, so I love God, I love other people. Love God, love the person right in front of you. Real simple, right? These two things. And I've got to sort of get a checkbox here and a checkbox here. And I think what God's really trying to call us to, yeah, he's trying to call us to a new form of love, but listen carefully. He's also trying to get us to think differently. It's easy to read that and just see that as love. But I see it as actually God saying, look, I need you to think in a very, very different way. Now, I want to step over here to talk about that and talk about how, how I see that. So we have two yarns here. I don't know why I picked yarn. I just felt like it, and it was sitting in the office. All right, so one is... coming from fear. So, so I have, I have my, it's too often. I think like all my thoughts are just up here and this is actually what's true. Maybe not. Maybe. I think new church is really clear on this. Actually, our thoughts get driven by our loves. And what if we're in a deeply fearful place? What thought is that out there attaching to? And if I am all feared up, if I'm all afraid, it'll attach to this thought, 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 all these thoughts. We'll just say, for example, I don't know that my low beams went out driving back from a wedding. Right? And I'm worried about the police are going to pull me over. What am I going to tell the congregation? Everybody's going to think I was DUI. You know, how many of us do that? Right? But see, the crazy part is we think the thought is real. We think the thought is real. Try this out. I don't know whether this is true. Try it out. I think maybe we could say this. I think any thought that comes from fear is automatically false. Any thought that comes from fear is automatically a shadow. If you really want a mind bender, even if it's true. <laughs> it just, it just it won't work. We can't connect that way. It won't won't work. When I'm from this place, folks, my primary concern is safety. My primary concern is being right. All these things, all these fears, and, and all my fears are, they're just reaching out for any thought. But we can do something far different. This is the beautiful purple thread here. Now instead, I can hold it. I can hold it from a loving place from a place that, that when i look out there on the world i'm looking at a bunch of people who share a mutual love deep down even when they're even when they're angry even when they're being a pain in the you know what at the thanksgiving dinner table i can still and that now it reaches out for a totally different kind of thought now this is where i think it gets really cool what can start to happen, folks, when I start to learn to trust this, like I start to learn, like, okay, that fear thing, I'm actually going to put that aside. I, I I I can choose that. Like, I can choose something different. I can choose to come from this. I can choose to see wisdom, which is at the end of this string. Wisdom is just the form that love takes. And the amazing part of this, folks, is as soon as this starts to act, I start to get a perception in my life. I start to understand, oh yeah, this is this is what I should do in this moment. How, how many of you must have had that? You know, where, you, where you're just out and you find yourself doing or saying something that you know didn't come from you. <laughs> right? It's just like, for whatever reason, you, you said the right thing, you did the right thing, and that's because of that love that was reaching out, and it's a perception. And here's the crazy part, folks, too, is that it starts to defy all language. Yeah, you know, I I was I was doing Justin and Anna's wedding. We're out there in the trees, and we're outside, and it was I can't tell you how beautiful that was. I can't tell you. And that's that's that thought from love, and that thought from wisdom. It knows truth when it sees it, but it's such 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 a different place. That's where those commentators start to go. And I start to act very differently. When I come from that love, love and action start to go together very quickly. I'm going to step back over here. Just give you, I want to give you three examples of it. One very simple, one that I love because it's a history story, and another one because it's big. I mean, just imagine folks, your little, your little niece, nephew, grandson, granddaughter, child, neighbor's kid walks up to you with the book, Let's Be Helpful. Imagine two different readings of that book. Imagine you just got home from a really bad day of work. You're stressed about money. You've just argued with a loved one. The check engine light is on in the car. What do you do when the kid hands you the book? I mean, honestly. Honestly, what do you do? What would you say if somebody shouted out? Would you read it or not? I'm too busy. busy. Not now. Can't you see I'm busy? What are you busy with? Your worries, your fears, your concerns. You've taken that fear and it's grabbed a hold of a whole bunch of thoughts so it will actually keep you from reading this book. Now imagine after Thanksgiving. It's been a beautiful day. Your spouse took care of the check engine light. A beautiful niece, nephew, Grandchild, son, daughter, neighbor's child walks up to you and says, Hey, would you read this book to me? Let's be helpful. What do you say? Sure. Sure. You, you don't even, you don't even delay on it. We just, we just simply know. Like we just know this is our choice. Cause see, right in that moment, you're sharing that mutual love, which connects right back into gratitude. What a moment to be grateful for. There's the gift, that the there's the opportunity, the gift that the moment's trying to give you right there. If you're coming from fear, you'll never see it. You're coming from love, you'll dive right in. You'll dive right in without even thinking about it. You'll dive right in. And we need to constantly practice this. I want to tell you, you know, here's that's a very personal story. Now let's bump it out. Like, how can this work in groups? I want to tell you a story. I like World War II history. This is a story from World War II. Three soldiers. Beautiful story. Story I love to tell. Three soldiers. Dear buddies. They're in the campaign in Europe. One of them is killed in combat. So they take their buddy, and they they take their buddy to, they find a Catholic church. This is in France. They find a Catholic church. They ask, can we bury our friend in the graveyard here? And the priest says, I'm sorry, but he's Protestant. This is a Catholic church. I'm sorry, but you can bury him just outside the fence. So that's what they do. A month or so later, winter has set in. They come back to that church to find their friend's grave. And they're, they're walking around, they're walking around, they're walking around. There's snow all over the place. They can't find it. They can't find it. And they ask the priest, like, we can't find our friend's grave. We know it was, it was just outside the fence. Like, like, where is it? And the priest goes, I moved the fence. I moved the fence. See, we can all choose that kind of movement. We can all choose to move the fence. To come from that love. See, and again, like, context of our times, folks, I think that's really important. It's really important. Yes, we've got these narratives going with this, that, and the other thing. But can we reach into those deeper narratives that are about mutual love? That is what a church can choose to do. That is what Christ is asking us to do. That's where we have the two great commandments, to teach us how to love and to teach us how to think. And then to find ways to see where those two come together. And then how does it come together at the biggest level? Well, I think at the mystical level, it comes together like this. This is from Thomas Merton. The more we persist in misunderstanding the phenomena of life, the more we involve ourselves in sadness, absurdity, and despair. But it does not matter much, because no despair of ours can alter the reality of things or stain the joy, and I'm going to have you say the C and the D word there, or stain the joy of the, of the cosmic dance, which is always there. Always there. Indeed, we are in the midst of it, and it is in the midst of us, for it beats in our very blood, whether we want it to or not. And I think that's that mutual love. Yet the fact remains that we are invited to forget ourselves on purpose, cast our awful solemnity to the winds, and join in the general dance. That's what we can do. That's what can be so much part of gratitude. Now, I, you know, I, I do a bunch of weddings. As I said, this was a beautiful picture from a few weeks ago. It's Bob on the right, Meg on the left. Now, we're not giggling because, you know, like somebody just got the vowels wrong or something like that or dropped the rings. Like, that's because the moment was that good. Because that moment was that good. I've had moments like that. F- folks, do you see the love in that moment? Yeah. Do you see the the wisdom in that moment? Yes. Do, do we do we see the connectedness in that moment? There's there's an understanding right there. Like there's an intellectual. And you, again, you could blot me out with my veiny Frankenstein head. We'll just look at the couple. Um. You know, can I tell you guys a funny story? So when I get really emotional, like either really high or really low, you see that middle vein? It pops out. It's like the turkey timer. And no joke, no joke, no joke. I was really upset. when I, I battled with a lot of anger issues when our kids were little. Since then, I've just gone to surrender. And, and uh, you know, the, the vein is coming out, and our, our, little, our little three-year-old walks up to me as I'm really upset and tries to press it back in. <laughs> Didn't work. Anyhow, you can you can you can see folks like 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 just just the, the joy, like in the understanding in that moment. See see that moment. I couldn't describe that to you. Like that that is just a thing, right? It's just a loving thing, and I I can't put words to it. It it just is, and and I know that that's where the three of us there are sharing that mutual love as we celebrate a very specific love between Bob and Meg. That's what I think we can all start to share into this life. That cosmic dance. See, because then we just don't find gratitude in a few places. Then we find gratitude everywhere. Everything is to be grateful for. It's all gift. I say that a lot. It's all gift. It's all gift. We get to choose that again and again. So for this first part, folks, for this first week of Thanksgiving, the question to think about, I would take a picture of this on your phone. What is the unique opportunity this moment wishes to give? Stop. Listen from love. Because love knows what to do. Let's just try practicing that for this week. Really thinking, okay, so here's this moment. God, give me the eyes to see the gift here. Not to change landscapes, but to change my eyes. To really start to see it. To start to understand that that person you're communicating with carries a mutual love that is from God. They have it. may not be showing it, but they have it in there somewhere. Speak to that. Be grateful to that. Support that. Just what these folks were thinking, that full body listening, that interested in that. And then the world, I think, can become a kinder place. Churches can serve a new role. We can help everybody just take another step forward. So, thank you for joining us today. Happy almost Thanksgiving to everybody. Again, we invite you to join us again next week and the week after as we look at this Thanksgiving project. We welcome you as well if you want to join us after church to talk about ways to bring people into the fold a little better. And just, uh, yeah, and just thank you. You know, I, and I, I, I think I say this a lot. I probably don't say it as much as I should. You folks are a real blessing. You're a blessing to each other. You're certainly a blessing to me. And I have a strong suspicion you're a blessing to the big guy too. Thank you for all you do. Let's have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Please join me now in a prayer. I'm going to say a prayer. And then you have the opportunity to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it or to just have a moment of quiet reflection. So please join me. Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, help us. Help us to find that place where we can come from love, where we can put aside coming from fear, and we can come from love, Lord, and start to see that world, that world that is so hard to articulate, but that world where we know things in a true way, in a true way, actually as things are, a world of connectedness, a world of mutual love, a world of mercy, a world of action, a world of commitment, a world of sacrifice, and a word and a world of joy. If we struggle this week, remind us to reach for gratitude. When we struggle this week, remind us to ask, what is the gift, what is the opportunity this moment is seeking to give us? Let us find that openness for it. Let us find ways to let love, let love do the listening. In your name we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm.